0: This is Exposure on Impact 89 FM, WDBL East Lansing, the show that lets you know about everything that goes on at the MSU campus that you otherwise might not know about. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. We're your hosts, Megan Samp and Tessa Crush. Welcome to Exposure.
1: Hello and welcome to Exposure. You're listening to Season 13 and we're your hosts, Megan Samp and Tessa Crush.
0: Today, we will be interviewing a few members of the student club, Telecasters. If you haven't already heard of this club, the MSU Telecasters is a video production club that consists of five different unique shows. This club is packed with history and has become one of the largest, most active student-run production companies in the United States.
1: Today, we're here with two members of Telecasters. Can you guys introduce yourself along with your position? Hi, my name is Elena Shepard, and I am one
0: of the two executive producers.
2: Hi, my name is Mason Allen. I'm the other executive producer.
3: And what are your guys' majors and years at Michigan State? I'm a senior and my major is media and information with a filmmaking concentration.
2: I'm a junior uh, majoring in digital storytelling with a minor in fiction filmmaking.
3: Awesome. So you both
0: have pretty creative majors. Would you say that most people involved in telecasters have, you know, film? production kind of majors
3: I would say about half of them do of the ones that I like know personally and and remember what what majors people have told me but we've got a really wide variety we're open to everybody so there's a little bit of everything I would say
2: yeah I, w- I would say that too that's a good majority of creative um, but that might even be like creative advertising um, not just limited to strictly filmmaking we have some people that are in engineering uh, hospitality business someone the other day was simply uh, like mechanical engineering. So it's very, very widespread.
1: Um, What is it about filmmaking that like inspires you guys or what are you passionate about? How'd you get into it?
3: Yeah, so I got into it kind of at the end of my senior year of high school because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, Then a couple months to the end there, I was like, well, I've always liked movies and TV and I really like creating and hands-on stuff. So I'll give that a try. You know, worst comes to worst. So I'll end up changing my major. You know, a lot of people do that anyway, but I never did. I've been here this whole time and I've loved it every step of the way. Loved everything about it, except for audio mixing. I really hate that. But everything else for filmmaking is a great time.
2: So I actually have been wanting to pursue film since I was 11 years old, roughly, after I watched the the behind-the-scenes of Jurassic Park as a kid. (laughs) Interesting. Um, So yeah, Steven Spielberg's my idol. He's what got me started on this path. But I've, I've been following filmmaking for those years and haven't really seriously gotten serious about it until my college years, but... That doesn't mean that in between that time, I foot flopped what I wanted to do as a career.
0: Cool. It's so awesome that you know exactly when it started, that you wanted to pursue a career in this. Can we start by going through what these five different shows you produce are and what makes each different from one another?
3: Yeah, so our first show is called The Show. Uh, great name for sure. Um, and it's from... Uh, the 80s. So it's the longest running college sitcom in America. I believe it's their 35th year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so they shoot um, in Studio E in the Comm Arts building. They have a full set, uh, returning characters, all that stuff. Um, and then they do two short episodes and then a long one a year um, and sometimes some bonus ones as well.
2: Our second one is Turn. Turn is a drama-based anthology series set in sci-fi, thrillers, uh, horror and audio plays generally across that board. We like to say there's no comedy or the only show doesn't do comedy. We like to stick to that. And you might, you might get an audio play from us that might be uh, 20 minutes long. You might get a short horror film. That's uh, ranging from a minute to 10 minutes long. We just like to make content that under the wide umbrella of drama and something that's serious, including those uh, aforementioned themes of, uh, or genres of thrillers and sci-fis and horrors and mysteries even. Um, yeah. So let turn.
3: Uh, and then the third one we have is called Sideshow, and they're a sketch comedy show. Um, and so they produce uh, several like sketches a month, um, and they're like between uh, they're they're either like less than a minute. I think the longest ones are like five minutes. They're all pretty short form. Um, so they're just sketch comedy based. Pretty much any idea you have there, you know, you can do over there. And it's really uh, their production schedule is pretty fast too, because like they don't have returning characters and stuff like that. So every single piece is its own standalone thing. Um, so they do lots of short sketches.
2: Our next one, which is the fourth one, is The Pop. The Pop is a recently revitalized show that deals with pop culture and trivia questions and also music video creation. Uh, Just recently this past weekend, for example, they had a music video shoot in the woods. And the previous week before that, they went to the library and ran Pop Query, which is when they go on the, the streets of campus and they ask students questions relating to pop culture and trivia.
3: And then the last show we have is the Beaumont Bulletin, um, and there are news parody shows. So it's the like talk show late night format with the desk and that kind of thing. Um, and so those are all uh, fiction scripted as well. So we have like headline segments, and then there's also you know people get to play different characters or do impressions of people. Uh, one of my personal favorites is when Mason got to play Kermit the Frog. <laughs> that was a really good interview. Um, Can had a you pull out the everything. accent?
2: Oh no! Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, give me a second. <clears throat> Get into character. <clears throat> yeah. All right, I'm well, committee frog here. I'm here at the uh, impact <laughs> with Elena and these two people. I forgot their names already. Oh, don't, she's. Uh...
3: <laughs> That's <amazing>. really good. <laughs> so, yeah, so those are our five shows. So within that, I would say three of the four of them, three of the five of them, excuse me, are comedy, and then with turn being more drama and then the pop is more like music and commentary type content so between that there's like five different genres there and then the three comedy ones are also all different format types as well they get different equipment different uh schedules and things like that so each show is its own unique experience yeah. for sure you can be in as many shows or you can be in just one if you want uh, I knew somebody last year that was in all the shows that I personally don't recommend that because you also have to sleep and like eat food and stuff <laughs> Right, um, take care but of yourself. personally I'm in two, so you know you get to just kind of pick and choose where you want to go, and everywhere you go, we've got some great skills to learn in a good social environment, and it's a lot of fun no matter which show you pick. Which shows are you guys involved in? Uh, So personally, um, I'm in primarily the show and Beaumont Bulletin. I've been helping out a little bit with the pop this year as well, Um, but the the show and Beaumont are the ones that I've been in all four years of school so far.
2: This year I've really primarily only been attached to Turn, but in the past I have serviced uh, Beaumont and Sideshow. But um, as EPs now, it's kind of a general, uh, not a rule, but kind of a, a guiding moral thing that we should try and attend as many show meetings at least as the very possible. So I, at, at the very least, I'm attending almost every show meeting every week.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, between the two of us, there's at least one of us at every meeting every week. Um, and then like if a certain show, like, oh, we need help with this or you know we're using this new piece of equipment, but we know that one of you two has used it, can you help us out with that kind of thing? So we're showing up at other shoots Um. In other meetings as well, just kind of as needed to help everything move along smoothly.
0: If I'm in the show and she's in the pop, will there ever be overlap?
3: Uh, well, this January there was overlap because the show and the pop had a crossover live oh. episode. <laughs> um, so you just happened to pick two wow. that did that. Um, <laughs> Coincidence. Yeah, so in the past few years we've been trying to... Like they, A lot of the times the shows, like, like Mason said, they do operate separately, but we were trying to bring in more collaborative content and get like the members to get to know each other, that kind of thing. Um, so we've been really pushing for like crossovers and stuff like that. So we started the live episode. The show always does a live episode every year in the spring, usually in, in January or February. And so last year they started doing it as a crossover, and so they did it with Beaumont Bulletin last year, and then this year they did it with The Pop. Um, So there's collaborative opportunities all over the place. Um, Turn and Sideshow are doing a collaboration soon coming up. So there's always a little bit of overlap. Um, And also a lot of the, like, just because you're in one show doesn't mean you can't come to another one to help out. So it's like, oh, you know, Pop is shooting a music video and we need some more crew members. You know, that's open to everybody in the club. So you could come to your, any time of the year, you can just jump onto another one and show up and show your face and say hi and get to know more people. And what goes behind picking these shows? So new members, when they join our Slack, they get put in the new members channel, and then whichever ones they're interested in, they just say, like, you know, add me to this show, please, and then you'll get added to the right channels. If you don't know which one you want, you can ask what they're about, and somebody will explain and give you some examples and stuff like that, and then you can kind of pick where you want to go from there. Um, The shows that we have, they... That, that we like produce they keep coming back every year um and so as long as they meet the content production guidelines for each semester they get to keep coming back if somebody wants to pitch a new show uh there are policies in place for that with our handbook so people can pitch new ideas whenever they would like to do that so what's your favorite show uh, you you can't get me on recording saying that we run the club i can't have favorites <laughs> it's teachers can't have favorite students all right what's I your can't... favorite episode of something mm, okay
2: now we're talking
3: all right. The show's finale episode last spring was really good. Maybe I'm partial because I directed it, um, but it was kind of superhero parodied, and so all the characters, like, pretended to be different superheroes. Um, at that time, we had this plot line with these frat bros. They were from a made-up fraternity called the Nice Frat, which is New Iota Kappa with a C Epsilon, so we thought that was funny. Wow. Um, and they all dressed up as, like, Ninja Turtles and stuff, and I knew a couple of people that played the frat bros, so it was fun to... To see them do that, Um, we had someone do a really good Batman impression. You know, one of the characters is like a really clumsy character, and that person wanted to be the Flash, so they were like (laughs) running around and then like tripping and stuff. It was just really funny, like lots of really good bits. Um, Where can uh, people find an episode if they're interested in watching? uh, YouTube. So, four of the shows are on YouTube, and then Beaumont is on Facebook at the moment, but they are going to be pivoting to YouTube soon. But our primary place is YouTube. Um, We also have. Uh, social media accounts. Uh, so our Instagram will have a link tree with the videos and stuff like that in there as well. So that's just MSU Telecasters on Instagram.
2: My favorite episode, it's before my time. It's uh, from Sideshow and it's called Johnny's First Interrogation. Oh, classic. It's about this mob boss training this newbie to do interrogations. And it's, you know, the starting thing is, did you read the handbook, like the uh, interrogating for dummies? And he's like, I totally read it. And he didn't. And so the whole process of interrogating this person is um, this playoff of like the experienced mob boss and the complete noob who takes everything said at face value and doesn't really understand what's going on? But it's the the best part about it makes me love it more to this day is because um, I know one of the people that acted in it they said that it was ninety percent improvised. <laughs> the day of filming, I believe they had the script, they just threw the script away or something wow. happened where they couldn't use it and they're just like we're just gonna improv the whole thing. Okay, and it's I think it's the funniest episode of Sideshow. improv is amazing. Sometimes Um, it works
1: out better that way. I love that one. So
2: I will stand by that.
0: I'm curious. Are you guys familiar with the history of Telecasters?
3: Yeah. So the history overall is that this organization is kind of like like a parent organization for the various different like productions, and so it has existed in some form. Uh, The names have changed a couple times, but since the 50s, and then its current name has been. since the 80s, with when they finally joined in with with the show and stuff like that, so the oldest one we have is the show. Um, another one that we have is Turn is 10 years. Um, I think Sideshow has an anniversary coming up as well. Um, but so it's just kind of been a really long-staying organization on campus. Um, our website has a history page on there, so that has like the biographical information about when each show was formed and stuff like that. Um, And also a little bit more about the overall timeline of the club.
0: That's amazing being involved in something that has lasted so many generations. I feel like.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like, you know, you feel like you're stepping into something that, that has its own like existence already. You know, it's like, it's like, I'm not like trying to start something like from the ground up. It's like, I'm like, be part of like a bigger something bigger than me and i really appreciate that too so
1: and you're a senior right so are you sad to let it go next year
3: yeah i mean it's been i've been in it since my freshman year wow. i've been on the eboard since my first semest- wow. semester semester my freshman year so That's i've been like too yeah i've been like ride or die since the beginning Aww. for telecaster so passing the torch <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to let it go especially after all the things we've been through with like the covid years and all that stuff too right. it's just like Just I'm really proud of it, and I'm really proud to be here as an executive producer today too. To just see how much everybody has learned, and um, just kind of how much education on filmmaking and all that stuff that we've been able to pull off too, it's just really impressive to me.
1: Yeah, let's touch back on the education aspect of the club. Is this like an educational club?
3: Yeah, so it's uh, one of our goals, and like our mission statement is to provide professional. education and like hands-on experience for our members. So even though a a good number of our members aren't filmmaking people and they're just here as a hobby, they're not going to do it as their career. We still want them to come away with like real experience and real skills. Um, So we've always strived really hard for high quality production. Um, So you can put Telecasters on your resume or on your LinkedIn, on your reel, stuff like that. Um, And so the show Beaumont and The Pop may be a little bit soon with a new project they're working on. I won't spoil it. But um, they work in the studios in the Communication Arts and Sciences building. Um, so they have access and and film episodes regularly with the newsroom equipment in there, which is professional standard and stuff like that. So you get real equipment experience with things that you'll see out in your career. Um, and then the other shows that don't necessarily use the studio, they still use the other like handheld cameras and other equipment that has... Um, access at comarts um, so you get real hands-on equipment experience you get um, because it's student-led the people like producing each show are typically upperclassmen who've been around for a while so you get like real experience with writing workshops or learning how to use the editing software and stuff like that so everything we do is an opportunity to learn something new um, and it's with just joining whichever show you want, you also can do whatever you want for it. So let's say you write for a while, but you're like, you know what? I want to try editing or I want to try directing. Like, that's okay. Everybody gets to try everything and learn. Um, it's not like you could just get stuck on, like, one job. Um, so you can get a lot of experience in a lot of different departments, which is harder to find elsewhere where, like, maybe you have an internship, but it's specifically for this. So you just do, like, two things. You know, it's like you can do everything with multiple genres and multiple formats here. So we're really proud of the education that Telecasters does. Yeah.
2: There's no pressure with that status quo. Of education, either there have been times or just a general guiding principles. Is you sh- if you show up the set and you're going to be placed on audio mixer for the day, you might be thinking, Oh, I might not know how to do this exactly. Well, good thing because the person who's doing the boom operated right next to you, they also did audio mixing, so then you're taught that within like a couple minutes. And then we're shooting, mm-hmm. and it's very, um, it's not a hundred percent hold your hand, but it's very like we'll hold your hand for a little bit and then let you. Mm -hmm. thrive in that role and then you know you might think okay now i want to try um gaffing or maybe i want to try writing an episode Mm -hmm. well good because we have uh weekly writing lessons in some shows or we have an episode or we have a a a lesson about how to build your portfolio or how to write characters that have agency like like have like meaningful writing you know have Mm -hmm. characters that aren't just the classical tropes of damsel in distress or the Mm -hmm. the hero complex or anything like that and along with that, when you are able to, let's say it's your first time writing, then you're instantly offered first dibs on directing, and then that could lead to your first directing experience. And so these kind of things are things that I want to maintain in telecasters as time goes on, because I personally argue that you get more educational enrichment out of this organization compared to some classes you take. I totally agree, which I think <laughs> is really important because, you can only learn so much in the classes that you can't be taught in like experience with other students that are also learning this with you.
0: I'm curious about what aspects make it fun. What kind of bonding events do you have? What goes into producing a show?
3: Yeah. Um, so on our e-board, as I was talking about earlier, we have two events directors. Um, and so they plan like educational events, but they also plan social events. And so like every fall we do a cider mill trip. We recently had our third installment of our pageant mixed telecasters. Um, so that was fun, our co-ed pageant that we do. Um, so that's more of like a social thing. But then we, they also have like workshops or alumni uh, networking things, or we'll have like a Zoom panel with alumni, that kind of thing. Um, so there's... Educational and social events, there's usually uh, at least one of each a month. Um, So there's always things going on for the organization as a whole, you know, because like you're doing a shoot for one show and that's just the people interested in that one shoot. But the events are for everybody to all come together. Um, And so especially with the educational ones, like maybe there's a big editing workshop and everybody comes together for that. And then they start talking. It's like, oh, I have this cool idea for a thing that your show could do. Maybe we could write it together, you know, so it gets the creative juices flowing as well, even at the educational workshop type things and um, other events that we have
1: yeah as an upperclassman I've sort of learned how important like bonding events are like in clubs because that's when you like get to like not be as professional and I feel like for myself I'm so much more creative when I'm just talking like this with my friends Mm -hmm. than like in a classroom setting so that's really cool you guys do all those events I've never heard of so many events happening at once and how frequently so that's impressive yeah our
3: events team is amazing they really pull off a lot and um, I'm always impressed they're like here's our slate for this semester and I'm like amazing this is Like two slates, but yeah. okay, go ahead. <laughs> like, it That's sounds so awesome, sweet. yeah.
2: And the, the grand finale of what they do at the end of the year, which I guess we can, yeah, just kind of touch on, is it's called the Albies and it's an award show like the Oscars, the Golden Globe, Spirit Awards, etc. What you want to call it, but and it's, better, more it's important, yes. Mainly orchestrated by the events directors, it's their baby, and <laughs> it's at the end of the year, all the shows submit like their best content for best actor, best screenplay, best performer, best. Um, Director, Social Butterfly, uh, Unsung Hero. And then we have an award show. We have a theme, typically. People attend. We watch nomination videos. You know, like, oh, here are the the nominations for this category. And you watch content from that year. And even if you haven't seen it, it also encourages you to go back and watch that. But then people win. Um, an award that we have made and ordered, and then they go up on stage to give a speech and then preceding that award. So we have like a red carpet, you go know, take pictures with your friends. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice just to know that even if you were in Telecasters for maybe a month or two, if you helped contribute to one thing that gets nominated, then it's a huge gratifying factor. It's a huge reward. And then for those that have dedicated the entire year to making that content, it's even more for them. And again, it's another huge bonding social event. I've sat next to people in those award shows that I never talked to before. We got along by end of the night, so it's really nice to have that, especially at the end of the year. That's like our final telecaster event.
3: Yeah, I'm really excited to go this year because, like, especially with the COVID and stuff, that we had a couple Zoom years, and then I had a scheduling conflict, so I couldn't go last year. So I'm going this year, senior year. <laughs> I'm finally going. I'm so excited. What do people have to look forward to for the future of telecasters?
2: More content, mm-hmm. potentially uh, more shows might be created. Because the thing with shows is. Someone has to pitch it, it has to be voted on by board, and then it can be made. And as long as it generates at least, what was it, three pieces Mm of content a semester, then it can live. Uh, Alumni is going to keep supporting it, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be hopefully remaining to be one of the biggest um, multimedia organizations on campus that Mm -hmm. just constantly supports educational efforts for content creation in all aspects of multimedia.
3: Yeah, definitely just, you know, it's looking forward to, like, being hopefully one of the most, you know, fun and beneficial parts of your college experience. I know I can say that's what it was for me um, because I didn't have anything coming out of high school because my high school didn't have any media production classes so Telecasters caught me up so I didn't look like a fool in class Um, Mm -hmm. and then it gave me even more experiences like outside of class that I would like I got to learn things faster than just staying with what I learned in class kind of thing. Um, It's given me some of my best friendships I've had over school. There's high-quality stuff I've made that I can put on my reel for when I apply for jobs soon, which I need to do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, you know, it's like Telecasters has, it's fun, but it's also, it's all the things that it needs to be to help you with your experience.
2: Within the next five years, we're really trying to, at least like like a, a game plan, just focusing on uh, spreading out from just ourselves. And so mm-hmm. we like to say internal versus external creation. Where instead of focusing on us a thousand percent of time, we're looking to branch out to doing multimedia uh, things for other clubs, maybe other uh, local Lansing businesses, you know, promotional things or and maybe like a marketing video for them. We've had certain clubs ask us about that. So we're definitely something that we're looking into to mm-hmm. fulfill that. And also maybe make more appearances at more social events. We've been talking about potentially joining the homecoming parade for mm-hmm. once we were never there.
1: Mm-hmm. Exciting.
2: Yeah, that's just, you know, a couple of the things that we want to get working on in the next five years, I would say for sure.
3: So who would you guys recommend joining Telecasters to? I would recommend basically like Anybody who's coming to campus and you feel like maybe you don't have anyone from your high school that's coming with you, I would say Telecasters is a really good place to get that good network of peers. So then you can have access ways to do that. Also, a lot of our shows film things like out in the field too. So they go film in various places on campus. So you'll get to explore around a little bit that way as well. Um, So just kind of like anybody that's looking to explore, whether it's like, you know, exploring for your career or like socially too. I'd say
2: it's for practically anyone that has mm-hmm. at least some little bit facet of interest in multimedia production mm-hmm. more often than not, as we've mentioned previously in this interview that we have a lot of membership that are not filmmaking majors and don't plan to be in the future. They have no career in filmmaking and interest at all. We've had, again, the hospitality majors, the engineering majors, some business majors, uh, environmental science, you know, and nutritional even mm-hmm. they, they, do this because it's fun and because they get a little bit of content creation out of it because it's very so widespread. You're not joining this and going, oh, I'm going to make a film with these film kids. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. I might be able to do a news parody or I might be able to make a music video. I might be able to star in this noir crime thriller. I might be able to star in this slappy sketch comedy. And I think anyone should check it out, even Mm -hmm. just check it out because if you check it out and you don't like it, you're not going to hurt our feelings.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone looking for a creative outlet, you know, something to do. That's a better way to word it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It seems like it's a tight-knit community, but also a great opportunity to network with people going in the same industry as you, right? Absolutely. People who graduated are probably moving on to making movies at this point. Mm-hmm. It's really, really yeah. cool.
3: Yeah, we have alumni that are succeeding out in Hollywood. We've got people in New York. There's a pretty good contingency in Chicago. There's several that went to Georgia from last year. So just kind of everybody's going everywhere into all these different fields. Because even like within film and TV production, there's so many different industries. Um, and we've got people pretty much going everywhere. There was one person that graduated, I think, four or five years ago and I saw on Facebook he was at this video game conference for game developers and stuff mm. like that because that's what he does too wow. so you know it's like people end up everywhere after telecasters mm. and so there's wherever you want to go there's probably telecasters out there to help you network your way over right. so that's yeah
2: amazing. a grand sl- slam example I would say of that you know leaving telecasters and going somewhere um, one of our previous EPs graduated this past winter and by just doing a simple job search with having telecasters in the resume I'm not saying it's the cause potentially but it's it in is. there <laughs> it's that, helpful uh, they got a call from Marvel one day and now they're in LA working for Marvel
0: that's incredible that it's so insane. cool that opportunities
1: can yeah. come
3: from like that mm-hmm. so quickly too
1: okay can you guys tell us a little bit about what kind of leadership opportunities there are in Telecasters
3: yeah, so basically everywhere you look, there's leadership opportunity because the way each show is structured is it has two producers and then there's a couple different department heads, like a head editor or a head writer or something like that. And so most of the shows, I would say, have at least three head positions. Um, and so that in that way, that's like a leadership role too because it's like within the show, you're helping with planning and management and production timeline and stuff like that. The two producers are executive board roles. And so each show has two EP E- Sorry, each show has two producers, and then they're on eboard. And then the rest of eboard has there's a financial director, there's advertising director, there's a couple more jobs that we might be considering creating just to help uh, lighten the workload because we've been, as you said earlier, with like audio plays and stuff, we've been looking into getting into some like podcast type things as well. And so like there's there's all this growth happening, so we might be creating even more jobs. Um, but basically there's like archiving director, there's web director, there's, there's so many roles. Um, and then there's the two EPs as well that are like kind of the top down leadership as well. So the executive board has over 20 roles in it because on our Slack channel, there's 20 people in it, but some of them do more than one job. So there's, there's more than 20, exe- uh, e-board roles. Um, so like whatever you're looking to do, maybe you want to work in advertising, you know, you can be on the advertising, social media executive position, or maybe, you're more interested in finance and stuff like that you can do the financial director role and put that on your resume as well i was the financial director for three years before being the executive producer um, i have
2: two things on that well the one is even with the board positions too when we're looking for new hires and in the interview process um this doesn't determine it a lot of times but it's nice to know that if someone's interviewing and they're a freshman and they're a good fit that's really nice to have because we like to we like to when we can, when it's appropriate, to incorporate freshmen and like mm-hmm. early sophomores into the board because it means that we can have that position filled for a long time mm-hmm. and that person is dedicated to that role for as long as it can be, mm-hmm. which is nice to have. But the second thing was that I for me, I think that leadership happens on two different levels. There's the larger scale level, which is like the e board with the show producers and the EPs and the directors. But then I would argue that there's also this lower level. Which is like just another bracket, I would say, of leadership that happens with a membership and just that general of I mentioned, touched on a little bit earlier with when you go to a show shoot, for example, there's someone there that might have had two shoots of experience on audio. Well, now they're teaching you audio if you don't know. Like they're saying, oh, this is what I learned from my experience. I'm going to teach you. That all happens from a shoot. People can walk away from a shoot knowing they learned like two or three things. I have personal, have had personal experience where I was audio for maybe two. I was the audio mixer for t- two shoots, and then on the third shoot, um, I had to teach someone how to use it based on what I knew from those two shoots. And then now they're doing that almost on a regular basis. So it's it's nice to see that it's like a spreading of leadership mm-hmm. that everyone just kind of takes their own responsibility, their own um, understanding of their roles, and they're able to pass it on to people that might not know it. Because I mean, tr- truth be told, I came into college as much as I knew a lot about movies. I to this day, I'm still learning things about production that I never knew. But then there's also that other level of teaching each other, educating each other. Again, touching back to the educational factor.
3: If you're hearing this and you're interested, we'd love to see you around sometime.
2: If you're we interested, you can find us <laughs> at Sparticipation in the fall and Spring Participation in the spring. We'll be there at a table. You can come talk to us. Otherwise, if you come around ComArts, yeah. um, there is a good chance you might run into some of us potentially, or find come... a flyer that we have posted somewhere on campus, mainly yeah. in the Com Arts I building. But we have meetings all throughout the week. Yeah, count.
3: if you come to the CommArts building while it's light out, there's like an 80% chance you'll see me there. <laughs> so there's <laughs> right. that and then the signs too. So yeah, for sure. We'd, we'd love to have anybody who wants to stop by, even just to say hi and check it out for a bit. But
0: Fantastic.
1: Awesome. All right, and that's it for our show. Thank you to our station manager, Delaney Rogers, general manager, Jeremy Whiting, and program director, McKenna Lowndes.
0: And as always, thank you to you, our listeners. If you're interested in going back and listening to our archive of stories, feel free to check out our website at impact89fm.org. And of course, if you're interested in what's going on next week, you can tune back in and we'll see you back here. You've been listening to Exposure. Exposure. Thank you guys so
1: much. No, st-
2: no thank you for watching
0: This was this week's episode
1: of Exposure. Keep in mind that the views and opinions discussed on Exposure are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff at Impact 89 FM.
0: If you're interested in going back and listening to our archive of stories, feel free to check out our website at impact89fm.org. And of course, if you're interested in what's going on next week, you can tune back in and we'll see you back here. You've been listening to Exposure.